So where did Freeze get these guys anyway? Was there an ad that said, Wanted, bug, must be skilled in hockey and stunt skating. Obedience required, enthusiasm a plus. Welcome, Jolly Ranchers, to Geek Salad episode 149, Duck Boobs and Bat Nipples. <laughs> Duck Boobs. Whoa! I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. And today we are here to count down the top 15 worst comic book based movies of all time. <laughs> this list was only made possible by our loyal listening audience and our Facebook friends and everybody else who... Who gave a crap and gave us a bunch of movies to talk about. So, um, part of the criteria with these movies was is that they needed to be domestically released, theatrically released movies. Uh, mainly because I think that picking uh, direct-to-video stuff really muddies the waters because, you know, with budget, you know, budget reasons and all, a whole bunch of other stuff, it just... But as long, at, at least no one voted for the Captain America 1990s with the Italian Red Skull, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, actually no. B-Mixed did that. Of course After he, did. he was told specifically, don't include rubber-eared Captain America. Of course he did. <laughs> so real quick, we do want to just talk, talk very briefly about a couple of the movies that were ineligible. Um, first off is the rubber-ears Captain America with the Italian <laughs> Red Skull. Um, has it, you guys actually ever watched it? I've seen clips of it, but I haven't seen... Actually, no, I've not tortured myself enough to sit through it and watch All it. All right. I watched it... Um, I didn't... Yeah, I watched it on video, because, you know, video store. I remember seeing advertised, though, the trailer. It was like a teaser trailer in front of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, good God. Yeah, it's just like, the shield just, like, comes up. You know, coming next year. And it never did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's bad. It is... It, it's not even, like fun. Like, I, I was talking to somebody about like um, you know whether or not Swamp Thing is a bad movie. Swamp Movie is a is, is an enjoyably made bad movie. Like, I'm sorry, The West Craven. Like, like the MST3K fair. Right, yeah, exactly. The, this Captain America just, it was, it was obviously written by someone who had never read the comic books. <laughs> and then there's the rubber ears. Yeah. You know, at least they tried to get the costume to look realistic, right? All right. Also, the Dolph this, Lundgren Punisher. Well, no, kind of going right, back to go back Captain to Captain America. It, it came out in 1990, which is a year after Batman. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I've seen, like I said, I've only seen clips of it. 
But you look at the production quality of one versus the other. Yep. You're like... Well, obviously, the, the Captain America movie was made with $10 and a ham sandwich. So it's just like... It should have been... It should have, you know what? It should have been part of the, the NBC TV movie canon. Oh, like with the Thor Nick, like and Nick Fury and... Yeah. God. David Hasselhoff is Nick Fury in... And Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um, Alright, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. It's so much Punisher that the only thing that they really got the rights to was the font. Was that actually theatrical? No, it was it was direct it was direct to video. Really? Yeah, it was. I think I, th- I think this was supposed to be theatrical release. And then they looked at it and go, no, <laughs> shit, can't it? He doesn't even wear the skull at all. So it's just basically the, Punisher. No, like I said, the the only thing that they got the rights to was the Punisher like font, and that's on the poster. Was the character's name even Frank Castle? I believe it might have been, because that's what you'd name a Dutch guy. <laughs> I probably never even mentioned, named him. You know, it was just right. He was just the, gu- yeah. the guy. That Swedish guy. Oh, wait, sorry, he's an American guy. Meanwhile, Louis Gossett Jr., who, yes, is in that movie, is going, <laughs> oh, man, we got to find this turkey! <laughs> and then um, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. That never that even one. got a video release. didn't even get a video release, but you can watch it if you go to comic book conventions. You know, now, if, you go, if you go to YouTube, you can watch it. Yeah. You know what the sick thing is? This is the first out of four Fantastic Four movies released in the last 25 years. <laughs> and and this is the one. Sucked. But this is the one that got closest to the actual yes, Marvel comic. That's as bad as it is. And it is bad. It is bad. Oh, it's terrifyingly Although bad. Although not as bad as another one that might have no, been. No, no, which, yeah. So, um. Before we continue, um, one of, we, we decided that I, I, I felt like I needed to reach out to someone far smarter than the three of us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, friend, not of, smart? friend of the show, Dave McLean, um, came up with this uh, list, which we're actually going to play the audio for, um, which is his most meh movies. <laughs> Take it away, Dave. Thank you for listening. For those of you who don't know me, I'm David McLean. I'm here to present the Oscar tonight for the mediocrest comic book movie. These are not the great ones, nor the terrible ones, but the fives out of ten. They are the alright, the okie-dokie. These are the ones who, at best, took two hours of your time and $12 in cash. Hopefully the popcorn was good. They represent, in my opinion, neither the glorious triumph of the Dark Knight nor the nadir of Batman and Robin, but the middle in between these two extremes. They are the movies which, in my opinion, serve as signposts on the road of diminishing returns. If you get any farther than this, things aren't going to get any better. First off, Iron Man 2. I had to check on how many Oscar nominees were in this movie. There are five, with three other performers who I was surprised to learn had never been nominated. Directed by John Favreau with Robert Downey Jr. and Mickey Rourke at the center of the film, this is a movie with a deep well of talent, which, for the life of me, I can't remember anything about, even though I know I've seen it. If memory serves, it involves Mickey Rourke being turned evil after a freak plastic surgery incident. And it's not a terrible movie, 
but I don't think it's too much of an outlandish suggestion that the two leads here would probably have you rather watch them in bar fly and less than zero, respectively. Second off, Spider-Man 3. It's a little hard to believe now, but there was a time when Tobey Maguire was cool. Seriously cool! He was the kind of promising young actor who everyone was sure would be the next James Dean. That was how cool he was. I believe that bubble burst about halfway through the dance sequence in Spider-Man 3. If you are ever making a superhero movie, for the love of God, don't put in a dance sequence. Third, Batman versus Superman. The DC comic universe has taken an overall theme that's decidedly odd. The idea that altruism should be inherently mistrusted. This is a weird theme for a comic book movie, and I find it equally weird that Batman, the world's greatest detective, would be unable to spot that Superman is a good guy. Had the movie been made the other way, with Superman distrusting the, in this case, hard-drinking Dark Knight, I suspect the things might have gone better. It's a dark, unpleasant movie, and it's really hard to like. But I'm going to upgrade it from bad to mediocre for one reason and one reason only, and that's the brilliance of casting Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I I know, I know, she's only in it for about ten minutes, but I think she's brilliant. Fourth, 1994's The Crow. I feel terribly guilty about mentioning this one, given the bizarre nature of Brandon Lee's death and the relationship that death has with the movie in general. However, as one of the eight or nine actual fans of the original comic book, I should point out that this is the classic example of Hollywood watering down the original to make it easily digestible for the mass market consumer. For example, despite numerous references to the rock band Joy Division in this comic, they've been replaced on the soundtrack with the Stone Temple Pilots. For those of you who are not goths, the difference between Joy Division and the Stone Temple Pilots is roughly the same as the difference between Edvard Munch's The Scream and a Jack-O-Lantern. Now, I like Jack-O-Lanterns, and I kind of like the Stone Temple Pilots, but it's just not the same. Also, once you've gotten past your bi-level haircut phase, it's just not the same. And the winner is, drumroll please, well, does it matter really? I actually think there's a theme here, and that's the idea of too many cooks spoiling the broth. I don't like the idea of making fun of someone else's art anymore, but the truth is these movies aren't any one person's art at all. They are written by teams of writers doing dozens of drafts using characters they didn't create produced by directors whose job is closer to that of a corporate CEO than you might think. I hate to be the one to say this, But some of these people may simply be looking for a way to chisel out their place in corporate America, and nothing more. So if there's a producer out there looking to drop $200 million on a production of Squirrel Girl, and my friend Andy assures me that there is, I'm going to make a suggestion here. Maybe make sure that the director involved actually thinks the character is interesting before you start signing deals. Then maybe, just maybe... You can avoid having people walk out of the movie theater and saying, meh. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm David McLean. Look me up and you'll discover I'm the author of The Time Traveler's Resort and Museum. 
which among other things doesn't have a movie deal, but does have an audiobook version that will be available on iTunes in October or so. Thank you. The Cineplex is closed. So, yeah. Uh, he's got uh, a lot of good points. It, I, I really can't disagree with anything he no. said, really, to be honest. I mean, a lot of the, the, the movies he mentioned were like, meh. I mean, mm. they're that. Unfortunately, a couple of the movies he mentioned are actually on the list. Yeah, one of them is. One of them is, oh, yeah. yeah. No, two of them. Really? Yeah. yeah two oh, okay. That's right. Sorry. Um, but that's all subjective, so. Yeah, it's all subjective. Um, but yeah, I did correct him, though, when, when he had sent me the audio about that there is a Joy Division song in The Crow. It's just covered by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> because I'm a music nerd. Yeah, you're seeing a bunch of names that I mean nothing to me. This is early, 90, true, you, early yeah, 90s goth. No, yo, God, this is... Oh, if you really want to well, get... Well, Joy Division. Joy Division is early 80s yeah, goth. Yeah. But... Yeah, but you're right. I mean, the fact... Yeah, the, the, the he, he was right. The comic book is like... Could have been like the next Joy Division album. It could have been, yeah. You know, so to replace all the music... Hey, but was, my life with the Thrill Kill cult needed to eat that week. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I like STP, I mean, it, it did not fit the uh, the aesthetic of no, The Crow. No, Um. So anyway, please, if, if you like what Dave has to say, check out um, the History of England podcast, which he does host uh, from time to time. And also, please buy his book. So Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm assuming by STP you don't mean oil treatment, no, right? No, 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 no. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, okay, thanks. Or she called them the Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> Sorry. Before we start talking about the Batman. Sorry, around early, early 90s I was in the country. Moving on. <laughs> and speaking of which, let's get to the worst list. <laughs> <laughs> Segue. No, no, very bad segue. Oh, that was a great segue. That was terrible. I'm so clever. I wish I was in English one so I could take one one out. Yeah, <laughs> guess what? All right. Oh, anyway, let's get to the list. Um, we will have some running commentary also from um, Steve Day at Ape Cod on Twitter because he's got some good stuff here. I had, <laughs> I wanted his input on some of this. So. Is he still updating it? Uh, no, actually, this was, <laughs> this was done this morning. <laughs> So let's start off the list um, with number 15, Howard the Duck. Come here, snot nose. That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Let the female creature go. Every duck's got his limit. And you, scum, have pushed me over the line. Jimmy, do you like to see what I see? A talking duck? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I've been doing too much toot. <laughs> Shoot! Fly away! Shoot. <laughs> no one laughs at a master of quack foo. And a Because Interspecies 6 never gets old. Oh, God. Steve writes, I know I sound like a broke record, but this movie should have uh, been ample warning to the rest of us as to what Lucas had planned for the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot he was involved. Yeah. In but you know what the no, thing no, is? I think we should take the ducks and make them have sex because that'll really amplify the whole 
you know, interspecies thing. Seriously, there are duck tits in this movie, yeah. and that duck was pleasuring herself yeah. oh, in God. the tub. Oh, good God. And this was a PG movie with a special rating warning underneath it. Oh, this was prior to PG-13. No, it was it was in the age of PG-13. This was uh, 86, so it was two years after PG-13 was oh, released. Right, yeah. But, um, no, they had actually had to put a special disclaimer in there that the movie, while well, PG-13, is really not for small kids. Um, now they just call it PG-13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what but they wouldn't even show duck tits in that either. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen bare ass in PG-13, so... Yeah, not recently, though. No. Yeah, exactly. PG-13 is like PG. <laughs> well, well, um... Yeah, no. Uh, Logan? Uh, Logan? No, Logan was R. But uh, Days of oh. Future Past. Oh, that's right. That's right. They still show bare ass in the X-Men movies. Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that one got a real big ovation when we went to go see that. <laughs> From the ladies. From the ladies. Some of the men. Um, we... I actually saw Howard the Duck in the theater. You paid good money to see this, didn't you? I was 14 years old, and I think at that point is when I kind of realized that movies can suck. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, that wasn't good. Today I am a man. It's just... Oh, yeah, no. It's, It's just, it's nonsensical. It's... It's such a product of the of the mid '80s too, with like the big shoulder pads. Oh, and the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thompson with the teased out hair. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like, oh man, a year ago I wanted to bang her. Seeing a pop version of Howard the Duck. Yeah. Now, now yeah. Now do you really want to be Eskimo Brothers with a Howard the Duck? No, exactly. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's just so much going on in that movie, and none of it is good. Um, the sad thing is, they actually got Howard the Duck right in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's true, they did. That is voiced by Seth Green. Yeah. Which is which is really funny, because, you know, back before... So, Guardians was released in 2014. So, yeah, we got a done-right... Ver- the joke was, we got a done-right version of Howard the Duck before Wonder Woman hit the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Sad, it's, but fa- fair point. Yeah. Now, have, have you guys, either of you guys actually seen this movie? No. I've no? seen it. I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen, I've seen it, but I, it was long, long time. I'm just, I've been just trying to put it back into the recesses, recesses of my right. mind. I've seen, I've seen enough to know I don't want to see the rest. It's weird, though, because um, the guy who does the voice of Howard yeah. is an actor named Chip Zine. Okay. And um, we were... We were watching a thing, and they actually brought up Howard the Duck, and they were showing him talk, and Autumn's like, where do I know that voice from? I'm like, honey, that's the baker in the original Into the Woods cast. <laughs> She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we move on? We shall. Mike, you want to take uh, number 14? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, number 14 is The Phantom. What is this, a ship full of women? All my pilots are women. Interesting. Excuse me. Who are you? Good Samaritan. I bet you're better than good. Looks like we're going to get the chance to find out. There's an old jungle saying, never point a gun at someone because it just might go off. Ooh. Lost hands. I like that in a man. 
Higher up. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Whenever I look at this list, I keep thinking, wait, didn't that star, like, Ben Affleck about aliens? No, no that wait, was no, Phantoms. Because no. he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so for the, the Phantoms, Steve writes, a movie based on an old-timey serial that was somehow less comprehensible than The Shadow. <laughs> um, I'm still I'm still waiting for that Defenders of Earth um, co- you know, compilation. Oh, Jesus. Oh, good God. With we Flash need- Gordon and uh, Mandrake, Mandrake the Magician. Yeah, we need a... We need a Defenders of Earth Cinematic Universe just, just here. What, just what, yeah, just what we need. A, fa- a Phantom Cinematic Universe. <laughs> exactly. It is um, just... Oh, God. All right, so first of all, I have a personal hatred of this movie solely because when it came out on uh, sell-through VHS, uh, I was at Suncoast, so brace yourself, Suncoast story. <laughs> we got these promotional... The yeah, we got these promotional Phantom Rings. Oh, so God. the Skull Ring, all right? And no, nobody was buying the movie, so we weren't giving these things out. Listen, but, I got one of those. Did you? I, I don't know where, but I know I had one of those at one time. So me, Steve, and a couple of our co-workers all put the rings on and pretty much spent all of our downtime going, Slam Evil! <laughs> because that was the tagline. Slam Evil! They were metal rings, too. They were solid. They were solid metal rings oh. that did something awful to our skin. Oh, I had sucks. like. Bubbles, like <laughs> blister bubbles oh. under my skin. This, every single one of us got a skin infection from <laughs> those stupid fucking oh things. <laughs> Fuck you, Billy Zane, and your tight purple suit that doesn't make you look thin. It just makes you look like a purple fucking spare tire. Looks you bloated. suck. He looks bloated. In <laughs> he that does thing. look bloated. Hey, seriously, did you miss Ab Day, Billy Zane? <laughs> there, there, there's proof that sometimes when a costume works in the comics, doesn't not so much in like real life. Yeah. Mm. No, it's like, okay, you could, this would have been the excuse to not have gone um, comics accurate. Yeah. You know, everyone bitched and moaned uh, four years later about um, the X-Men not going with their uh, their cartoon, you know, their comic book. Yeah, I really don't need to see <laughs> Hugh Jackman in yellow, and, yellow spandex. Yellow and blue spandex. But the brown spandex, whoo! That would have been, <laughs> yeah. been perfect right there. Yeah, no. So, the, I mean, the Phantom suffers from a lot of stuff. First of all, it's... Um, its villain is, is Treat Williams, who just comes across as that um, he did an eight ball every other day. <laughs> and on the days that he missed were the days that he was shooting. So he's just coming down enough, but expecting that next high the next day. <laughs> well, I mean, the Phantom also suffers from the fact that it was based on a comic that was made in the 40s and which is barely relevant then. Right, exactly. So, and then by the time... Here's the thing, too. you got to keep in mind that when it came out in 96, the comic book genre was practically dead mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, think about the movies that had come out in or around that time. Okay, so... 96 No, no, that was 97. 97 would put the nail in the coffin. Right. Batman and Robin put the nail in the coffin. 95 was Batman Forever. There hadn't been yeah. a Superman movie since 87. Um, and we know what the last one that one was. Right. It was back, you know, like, 90, 94 was The Shadow. When was Steel? Steel was 96. 96. I'm amazed that didn't make this list. It, it, it came close. It came close, yeah. Yeah, this this movie was a loser in a lot of ways. Yeah. It had a budget of 45 mil. Right. Only made 17.3 mil, yep. basically. Yep. Yeah. That's bad. And I think I don't think it did anything globally, either. 
It's back before they started charting that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. The, so next, want... the next one doesn't have quite as many excuses, though. No. Uh, Joe, do you want to take number 13? All right. Number 13. The Spirit. My city. She's always there for me. Every lonely night, she's there for me. She's not some targeted fraud all dressed up like a piece of jail bait. No, she's an old city, old and proud of her every pocket, crack, and wrinkle. She's my sweetheart, my plaything. She doesn't hide what she is, what she's made of sweat and muscle and blood of generations. She sleeps after midnight and until dawn, only shadows move in the silence. Damn, I've got no time for this. My city screams. She needs me. She is my love. She is my life, and I am her spirit. Proof positive that um, while Frank Miller may be a great writer, he, he is, is not, not a, a good director. Not at all. In fact, Steve wrote... Where the fuck is it? Jesus Christ, where the hell is... Oh, God damn it. Steve pretty much uh, said that Frank Miller needs to stick to doing his own work and not stealing from others. <laughs> um, Apparently he's got a uh, he's got a Sin City prequel in mind. Oh God, really? Uh, a western that needs to stop. A western that though, Sin City western though. Let's still, still. Oh, Steve. That, that'd be cool. After I, I, you know what? I'm upset because I was the only person who actually put Sin City a Dame to kill for on their list. Well, because nobody ever, nobody else bothered. Which you know the only I, never, re- I didn't watch it. Yeah, the only redeeming quality of that movie is that a solid third of it is Evergreen's tits. Which I got out of Ooh. 300 Rise of uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sparta, well, I never watched that one either. Yeah, oh. Do you want to see Eva Green's tits? That's the one for Yeah, you. well, it's, it's she's... Well, which one? 300 or... Actually, either one. Either one. Either There's one. also that Camelot show that she was on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so... Um, but The Spirit, who's seen it? I, I'll be honest with you, I did not even know about it. I, I knew the comic book. But until you mentioned it, I, I was like, I saw the trailer. Until I saw the list, yeah. I, yeah until I saw that the was list, enough I was for like, me. I, I, I was like, because I was a, I, I love the spirit. Oh yeah, I know you were a big fan of. I love the spirit. I actually had like this book of old Will Eisner uh, comic strips on the spirit. I, when I was a kid, I used to get this comic book magazine that would just talk about like movies that were being developed and all that. And Sam Flash Gordon Jones actually made a never-released uh, spirit movie. Ooh. Oh. I don't know how far like they actually got into the production, but there are production stills of him with the suit and the you know the, the mask. mask, the Kato mask and everything. And then this movie comes out, and it's shot like Sin City. And that, I think that's that, that, that only works... It's a style that only works for Sin City. Right. But, I mean, if you look at all of the talent involved in this movie... It is shocking. That there are two bad. Avengers in that movie. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson and Samuel Jackson are both in that movie. And I mean, when you we it's on the surface, Frank Miller is directing this. Yeah, that should be. And positive. this is before he co-directed A Day to Kill for. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he he only take half the blame for that one. <laughs> this he can take all the blame. It's 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 just it's dark and it's confusing. 
And it's just, oh, there's just something about the way that people talk to the spirit that just everything sounds like it's condescending. Every single person is pissed off at somebody else in a condescending tone. <laughs> that sounds like Frank Miller. Yep, pretty much. All right. Well, I guess I'm the only one who's seen it, but it's honestly not even worth like the curiosity view. Yeah. So it's that bad. Oh, jeez. All right. Number 12. Tw- 2015's Fan4Stick. <laughs> yeah. You can't call it Fantastic Four because it was in the in the poster. It's Fan4Stick. Fan yeah. Oh, my God, Ben. So, this is where you've been hiding now. Wait. Stop. Okay, let me explain. Why? I'm no good to you, to anyone. This is all my fault. That we can agree on. So that is the actual. So, yeah, title. so that confused a shitload of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the people that were confused were badly disappointed. So, what I learned about this movie is A, apparently it is impossible to make a Fantastic Four movie. No, well, not this, true. This movie, no, because no. The Incredibles was made Hell and it was yeah. perfect. This movie is more known for what was going the shit show that was going on behind the scenes with Josh Trank with Josh Trank and the fact that he got pulled out of Star Wars because of this movie than it was for the actual movie I mean the movie it's universally regarded as a bad movie but everything about it I'm, the movie I'm, is known because it's, it's so, such a shit show behind the scenes it's so Dark. I mean, say what you will about the Tim dark, story. Dark, dark as in tone or dark as in cinematography? Dark as cinematography. I mean, say what you oh, will you about... Watch, you ever watch Chronicle? That's yeah. dark. It's, it's, no. it's, but say what you will about the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies. They're not good movies, but no. They're at fun. least they went outside every once in a while. Yeah. At least you could tell the color of their outfits. Well, that's Josh... That's, that's Trank's kind of style. Yeah, but in, in this day... And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not forgiving it. It's just that's... I mean, right. He 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 directed Chronicle. Everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. They, he tried to make Chronicle two with Fantastic Fan Four Stick, right? And it just the thing is, is in twenty fifteen we were firmly, firmly ensconced in comic book cinematic universes. Yeah, yeah. And getting it right, and getting it to the point where you didn't have to dumb it down for a non comic book reader to enjoy it. And then, it's arguable. What's that? It's arguable, bud. In terms of just like, you know, for the most part, yeah, you, you, there's always going to be changes made. But with the Fantastic Four, it's like, all right, you completely changed everything about their origin story. Yeah. You completely changed the way they met. <laughs> oh, and uh, you, you you can't do Doctor Doom right. No. Never. No. How do you screw up something like Doctor Doom? I, because they don't, they're too lazy to take the time to tell that story because they're too busy telling the story of them just getting along. Because every team has to hate each other at first, right? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I think there's blame on both Trank and the studio for this one because the studio yanked, I think, three huge set pieces from the movie right. while they were shooting. Right. And that's not something you do to a director. That's just that's that's dirty cool. It also wasn't helping too that Marvel is completely shitting on the Fantastic Four. You know that that's all a strong arm tactic until oh, yeah. they get that back in the MCU. Yeah, which fine because 
Fox obviously doesn't know how to but do Fantastic Four. We'll figure this though. It's been three years since there's been a Fantastic Four comic book. Yeah. To be fair, it wasn't really selling all that well either. Yeah, but it's always been like it's. It's been a stalwart. It's a stalwart yeah. for for. I mean, in the comic books, they killed off the actors playing the the Fantastic Four. <laughs> it was a panel. It was a pa- a scene when they killed off the actors. Yeah, I saw. I, I saw this one opening day. Yeah, I know. I remember you bragging about it. <laughs> uh, no, wasn't no, much was, of a brag. I was crying about it. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? You know what the opening line of this movie is? And this kills me as a New England Patriots fan. My favorite pl- football player is Eli Manning. Oh, oh this movie fucking sucks already. It's <laughs> not as bad as the, the last line. Remind me. Well, they're just talking and someone says... Wow, that would be fantastic. Hey, wait. Fantastic. I got it. Dun, dun, the, dun, 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 dun. No, it goes, we're the... And then it shows Fantastic Four. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, it's just sad that they did it better a month uh, a month earlier at Avengers. Yeah. I, I During the final battle, I was literally laughing out loud in the theater because it was just... Like, they, did they seriously believe that they would get along with, get away with... Dialogue this bad and effects this cheesy. Ugh. Well, they figured Obviously. it was so the, the the film stock was so dark, no one would be able to tell anyway. Doctor Doom, who can make people's head explodes, but gets punched to, punched to, to defeat after all. Yeah. Um. Now I've always heard too that the be, you know someone theorized that the best way to actually make a good Fantastic Four movie bypass the origin altogether. You don't need to know it. No. You don't need to see it. You don't need to spend an hour learning about it. No. Well, you start them off yeah. where they're already famous. If you need to do like a Baxter building, here are some photos that kind of show a quickie thing of what they did. And now here they are. Here are their powers. And oh look, here's Doctor Doom. He's from Latveria. And he has robots in a kingdom. Well, I mean, they had to, sh- they had to show the, spider- the Spider-Man origin all the time, right? Exactly. Yeah, every single way. No, no, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> no, and hey, that movie was good. So hey, maybe it can work. Wow. Considering Mind that blown. for the for the for the Raimi Spider-Man movies, the fact that they 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 just needed to show it in the credit sequence of the second movie just to remind you. Yeah. And that was it. Well, look at the Incredible Hulk. Opening, True. Opening credits. Opening credits. Sequence. 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 Done. There done. It is. Yep. So. All right, Mike, you got yeah. number eleven. Yeah, I got number eleven. <laughs> number eleven is Suicide Squad. Huh? What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry, the voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jeez, that's not what they really said. Boy. All right. Well, Joe, as the resident, well, you know, actually, let me let me read off Steve's thing here. The biggest loser here was Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joe, you're the resident DC apologist. I can't. I can't yeah, I can't apologize. I can't defend this. This yeah, movie this. is all right. First of I all, mean, I mean, look, as 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 hot as Margot Robbie was as Harley Quinn. There's just no defending this movie. Jared Lane, ah, does not. Ah! They got oh so. The thing is that this movie is jam packed with characters, and nobody. They got nobody right. 
Nobody. Uh, nothing. No. 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 Yeah. Except Harley Quinn. But I'll, yeah, no. I'll, I'll well, give him Harley Quinn. Well, well Harley Quinn. got right. But, I, but I, think, I think that's more down to Margot Robbie than it is the actual one. Kind of, her characterization of, Mar- right. of Harley I'll, Quinn. You know what? I'll give Deadshot a pass. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know enough about the character to say. Captain Boomerang. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. I just, I just wanted to punch him. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, now, first of all, one of the reviews I read of the movie was there are more shots of Margot Robbie's ass than there were certain supporting characters. It's fans. Well, it was fans. Let's face it, it was better than the plot. Yeah, it was. Oh, what plot? <laughs> the movie. All right, I went on a binge of <laughs> filmmaking guys talking about every piece of this shit show. It's like. First of all, the first cut wasn't good enough, so people are like, well, they liked the trailer. Why don't we get the trailer company, Trailer Park, to cut the movie? Uh. So they cut it like a movie trailer. And then they watch it and like, well, this isn't very good at all. Why don't we just blend the two together? And that's what you got, yeah. is this movie where the director was essentially just like not listened to ever. Uh, Which is a shame, because David Ayer... He's so good. <laughs> Fury was such an awesome movie. What I learned from this movie is that if you have a talisman that holds a, an evil sorceress's powers in check, make sure you have that under lock and key. But her brother's one leave out in your, on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure, right? Because, <laughs> you know, who's, who's going to go for that, right? Yeah. Um, and the I, problem was, it was so misleading because you're thinking... Joker is going to be such a big part of it. Dude, Joker should have been left out of this movie. He served no purpose. Yes, exactly. There was no but point the, but, to having the Joker there. But the, but but that wasn't the that wasn't the focus of the trailers. No, no, no. The, no, Joker was a main crux in the trailers. But even still, and I don't know your opinion on Jared Leto as Joker. I thought he was awful. I felt like it was just he was just a dude it was, who had white skin and green hair. It wasn't. He had no none of the traits of the Joker. It was. It, I, I couldn't. For, I couldn't form an opinion on him. To be honest, I think there could have been better choices. But again, that may be down to the writing. It may have been down to the directing. We don't know because right. because it wasn't enough for me. We'll, we'll never yeah, know we because really the movie is choppy. Right. First of all, the movie is ugly. Yeah. The special effects in that movie. It, you know, and this is a this is an issue across the board with DCEU movies. The special effects are bad looking. Because they're doing digital special effects, but shooting on film. Right. And it looks weird. Uh, there's that scene where Joker and Harley Quinn are on a on a well, bike or something like that, was, and a truck flips over, and it just looks bad. This was a result of the, the, the movie's choppy look and editing and stuff like that is a result of the reaction to ba- Batman v Superman. Yeah. Which we'll begin to later. And strangely was, enough, not that much later, but yeah, but yeah, but the 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 the, uh, the aesthetic kind of editing of look, uh, editing yeah. look of it is a reaction to what happened. It was we need to make this a little more frantic. Right. People don't like downers anymore, apparently. So yeah, this movie is first of all the I could it took me four tries to get through the first twenty all minutes right. of this movie because hey, I got my dad's album collection. I'm going to play a song for each and every single character. I not only yeah. have to introduce, but come up with a completely different frantic Chiron yeah. Yeah. for... It was... And you know, when when they announced the Suicide Squad movie, I was like, oh, this, 
a movie about villains is not going. It's work. a reaction is, to Guardians of the Galaxy. This, this yeah. is not going to work. This is stupid. Nobody wants to see the villains. And but then I saw the trailers. The trailers like okay, maybe they might pull it off. I gotta be honest, I wasn't a big fan of the trailers. I, you know what? The the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. I was a little amped for it. Right? That, no, that one actually cut me out completely because oh. that, that that song just didn't fit for me. No. I think I think it okay, worked for boy. <laughs> hey, I like Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I think that. There's so much wrong with the movie. It's so hard to yeah. hammer. I mean, it, first of all, I mean, narratively, it makes zero sense. No. Yeah. Well, the, you know what did work about this movie, though? What's that? That it dance that the Enchantress was doing the whole time, yes, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, honestly, there, there was one scene that I really enjoyed. Hmm. That was the bar scene. Because there was no special effects, there was no... I mean, basically, it was just character development. Right, And right. it was desperately needed, and Char- I enjoyed character it. Character development. Four pages of character development. Hey. Whatever you... Yeah, exactly. You know, the one good character they killed off. Oh, that guy had dead meat written all over his tattoo oh, yeah. body. Yeah. But I liked his character. Right. Now, what I'm trying to figure out at the end of that movie is, though, and spoilers if you haven't seen it. Yeah, okay. Um, Who cares? When they get sent... When they get sent back to prison, and they all kind of get like their little indulgence, like the espresso maker and uh, Killer Croc gets BET because the actor underneath all that latex is black. <laughs> um, and Will Smith gets the you know the the supervised visits with his kid. What exactly was so did Captain Boomerang do that was so awful that he was locked in solitary compared to everybody else? All these other bags of shit. That got rewarded for it. What did I don't remember him doing something that was so horribly bad that he was the only one who got punished. Didn't he have a pink pant uh, unicorn the whole time? No, he had. Yeah, he did have like a he had a stuffed animal. Which one of these filming things is like they bring it up like three times. So you eventually assume by the fourth time he picks the thing out, there's a story behind it, right? Or no. it's it's there for a reason. Oh, I know and what the reason just. Was. Disappears. The, re- the reason for that one was the same reason for the the uh, stuffed unicorn in Deadpool. But they were more overt about it in Deadpool. Which was what? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. The stuffed unicorn. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that part of, of Deadpool. So. Yeah, there you go. Okay, fist bump that. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, Joe, can you take number 10, sir? Yep. Number 10, Electra. are at last. Guess it's all true. The red outfit, the knives. So what happens now? If you just kill me straight out, just cold. Don't worry. That's not that bad. Yeah. How do you know? Okay, Steve writes, Hey, I got an idea. Maybe you shouldn't make a sequel that features the worst part of an already terrible movie. Now, all right, first well, of all, first I, want, I want to point out one thing we'll, real quick. We'll get into Daredevil. Nobody, no. nobody could spell the word electric correctly. It's a K, not a C. Yeah. Public schooling has failed you all. <laughs> well, to be fair, they don't teach too much about Greek mythology in schools anymore. True. So go ahead. I was going to say... Daredevil is not 
we'll, the abomination we'll it is. But later. we'll get into that. Right. So that's kind of my point. But yeah, but no. It's, I, yeah, I can see Steve's point. Is we there was really no clamoring for an Electra. No, I mean, and the movie. thing is, it was knee jerk because when the movie came out, she was kind of the breakout character. Well, because she was doing. Um, well, she was doing. You know. Affleck. Well, well, yeah. That, but. No, but she was doing her sandbag exercises with a sigh listening to uh, Evanescence. <laughs> and that is the most 2003 thing you'll ever hear today. Um, it, uh, it's just, it's such a nothing movie. It's just, it, it, there's no real, real stakes. There's no real, first of all, they take all of Daredevil's, like they take a whole bunch of Daredevil's characters and throw them into this movie. Uh, Stick is in it. Typhoid Mary's Typhoid's in it. Typhoid's in it, yeah. Stone. Yeah. Well, no, there's in... no, 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 no. Well, I don't know. I didn't briefly. watch it, so. Yeah. It's it's hard to actually remember what this movie is about, other than she is an assassin for hire that, that you know, runs into a family and gets a conscience. Yeah, I honestly, I it's been way too long since I've seen this movie. Yeah. Because it just wasn't memorable at all. I... Joe, you, you haven't even seen it. All right. Well, that's probably why. All right. Number nine. Oh, I've been itching up. I know you've out. been you you've been lo- you've been waiting too long to load on this one. Oh god damn. Number nine. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. I bet your parents taught you that you mean something. That you're here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson. Dying in the gutter for no reason at all. Tell me the world only makes sense if you force it to. You were never a god. You were never even a man. It's Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was just a V. There's no verses there. Yeah. Steve writes, decades in the making. Written in a weekend. (laughs) Um, oh boy, where do do we begin with this joyless sack of shit? Oh, boy, where where do we start? Oh, good lord, there's so many things. Oh, I was unaware (laughs) that Batman became Batman because his parents were murdered in an alleyway. I didn't know that. What the fuck you say? <laughs> What's good? I was like, I, I was with Mike. This was my birthday movie last year. Yeah. yeah. I'm with Mike, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, 
Oh, that's what happened. Sad thing is, I had seen it opening day, and I was like, you know what? Oh shit! You I can't... need to see this again. I I, I know, oh. you, I know, but Nolan did the same thing, so don't even. No, no, I understand that, but that was in Batman Begins, where you're learning the whole thing, and but then you know what? By the time Batman Begins came out, the movie's it's called Batman Begins, as in telling you how Batman begins. Begun. But we didn't need. It's been what seventy years when Batman Begins came out. We kind of knew that his parents were killed right. in an alley by right. Joe Chill. But, but what what I, the last time we'd gotten Batman's origin story was Batman 1989. It is still the same! Right. Yeah. But, but here's the... Cinematically. You know, right. Here's the I thing. Didn't need to, I don't need to see Tom and Martha getting shot coming out as the Zero. No, neither do I. Okay? I don't, the, I don't have a problem with Batman Begins. I love the original Ghoul stuff. I love, you know, him kind of coming back to Gotham and kind of trying to figure out what he needs to do. I don't need to see like like Batman v Superman. I didn't need to see Martha and, and Thomas getting shot again. Again, considering that with the amount of content that this movie tries to cover in two and a half very very long hours, it's like greasing up a fat man to get him through a door and throwing a donut to try to get him to go no. through. It's it is like one of the things that could have been cut, and the only reason. Why it was put in there in the first place is for what everybody universally thinks is the most laughable thing about the movie. Martha! No, no, no. I, I find one more thing more laughable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I fed. I just fed Andy a, a chip because he didn't have any, any Jolly, Jolly Ranchers. Ranchers. Oh, God. That was the most laughable. That character... Or that "quote unquote" character is the most laughable thing. I this movie. want to say to anybody who defended that casting, "Fuck off." Yeah, I mean, honestly, I oh, watched. Joe, you did, didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, I, good. I watched the ultimate I, edition. No, I will say, I had hopes for Zuckerberg. I wanted Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. I had a hope for Zuckerberg because at watching you know, no, the, not Zuckerberg you're, you're confusing with the character played Zuckerberg. Social Network. he yeah. played Zuckerberg yeah. Jesse Eisenberg Jesse Eisenberg I had hopes for Eisenberg because after watching the you, social, you the social for, network you were hoping for the other Eisenberg exactly yeah <laughs> okay that's not what we got no yeah. no and I didn't hate this movie it's not one of my favorite movies I, I, I agree with Dave this is for me, this is a meh movie. And I can understand a lot of people's frustrations with it, why they think it sucks. I have no issue with it. People can dump on it all they want. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not gonna, I, this is not the hill I'm going to die on. All is, right. it, is your mother's name Martha? No. No, it's not. I told you. This is not the hill I'm going right. to die, no, die it's, defending. And I appreciate that because I had argument after argument with my cousin about this movie. Because I said, I, and I quote, hate, hate, hated this movie. He's like, it's a strong word. I'm like... This movie, because here's his defense of the movie. Batman finally fights Superman and Doomsday. That's like, that's not a movie. That's a checklist. That's a, I want to see these things in a movie. Can you make them happen? Now, I I enjoyed Man of Steel. I thought Man of Steel was a very good movie. I I didn't mind Man of Steel. But... I understand a lot of the criticism, and I I actually agree with a lot of the criticisms of Zack Snyder is he doesn't understand he, he doesn't understand the fundamental character of Superman. No. He does not understand the very basics well, of the man. Let's go back to what Dave and, said. And, and given uh, Batman's murder count, I don't think he understands the basics of Batman no, either. Well, Batman was a murderer. But let's go back to what Dave said. 
they treat Superman's altruism like it's a bad thing. And that's and the problem is that's that was an outgrowth of Man of Steel, right? Where instead of Martha, Fine, I'll save you. Instead of Martha and Jonathan teaching their son to use <laughs> to basically be Superman, Dad, should I have let those kids die? Nah, fuck them. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I can understand that you know. And if Superman had grown beyond that to, hey, you know what? I love my parents, but they were wrong. Right. But it's hard to do that in this movie when he's considered a secondary character in his own sequel. If you wanted... The perfect plot for this would have been issue three of the original Man of Steel run by John Byrne, where Superman actually meets the Dark Knight for the first time. Yeah. Where Superman goes to Gotham because he hears about... This vigilante that's right. going, you know, that's out of control, and he needs to stop him. Right. And that would have made more sense. And yeah, let's get back to what Dave said. It should be Superman who's pissed at Batman, not the opposite. Right. Because, oh, I'm sorry, bald guy who we just met in this movie died, so... Um, Jesus, I mean... Funny thing is, the Batman v Superman I saw in theaters... Yeah. I was mad about. Yeah. Then I saw the ultimate, cu- ultimate Oh, the edition. director's cut. Now I'm pissed at the yeah. movie. Because what did the ultimate edition? It exemplified how incredibly stupid, impossible, and ludicrous Lex Luthor's over- overarching plan was. Right. The fact that it involves was- collecting piss is just... There was a lot of potential there for... I just, I mean, I would have accepted. You know what? When 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 the Batman v Superman first announced, I always I had this idea in my head of you make Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne into rivals when when they see what happened to Metropolis right. after yeah. Zod's attack. You have Lex Luthor being the primary. Aliens are bad. This is yada yada. Like he does in the comic book. Right. Like the comic. The comic book. The perfect. Lex Luthor. You mean the blueprint that was the, the perfect blueprint for Lex Luthor was in the comic books, right? So, and you, if they followed that, that would have been more compelling. But so it's not know. as compelling as just watching these two yell and scream at each other while Jesse Eisenberg goes and essentially recreates the plot of Superman Four: The, the Quest for yeah. Peace <laughs> by using Kryptonian DNA to create a supervillain who looks like a cave troll. And the, and, the, and, the, and the problem, the sad part about this movie, is that. Ben Affleck's performance as Batman was outstanding. It was arguably the best part of this movie. And now he, he's getting shit on. He's going to leave the, the, the he's Batman. He's going to leave the entire he's gonna leave thing. The, and, and there was so much potential there for him as the Batman. Right. And it just, it turns in. But that, that's the issue, too, is that this was far too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, oh. sorry. Uh, ben Affleck is back. He's going to be Batman. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Wait, no, no, update. no, no, no. He's updated that. Matt Reeves just said he's not going to do it anymore. Hey, wait, no. Hold, hold on a second. Jesus Christ. W- yeah. Yeah, whether, whether or not Ben Affleck's going to be back. No, ben Affleck's going to be back, but it's going to have nothing to do with any of the DC movies okay. going forward. And I will still, I, I am still a DC comic fan, but I, I am getting, it's getting harder oh and harder God. to defend DCWB, the your, movie side. Your poor liver. Your uh, poor liver. If if it wasn't for, if it was if DC Rebirth wasn't kicking it in the comics, right. I, I would have given up. On let's DC all, all right now. Right. Let's talk about some of the other issues with this movie. Um, aside from the length, the biblical length of this movie. Um, again, this movie looks ugly. There's that one scene 
where uh, Batman is fighting the cave troll. I'm sorry, Doomsday. And um, he, like, he uses his batarang, he goes to the corner of the building, and then flips around and, like, shoots back off. Yeah. That looked like a cutscene from Arkham City. <laughs> it just, it looked, it just didn't look good. And that, I actually made a meme about about like how I figure Batman felt about this entire battle. See Superman and then Wonder Woman batting this guy. He's like, "Hey guys, I can do this too." Hey guys, hello. There's this great line too that someone had brought up about you know that that ball where you know Lex Alex Luther because why have the real Lex Luther there? Um, <laughs> Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. Why should we give a fuck about that? This guy is a billionaire. This guy is a cub reporter. No, he's a sports reporter. He's a junior. No, yeah, he's, he's a sports he's a reporter. No, he's a sports reporter because Perry White doesn't understand how newspapers work anymore. It's been like a month. Where's that football story, Ken? Huh? What story? The inspirational story from last month. You do understand this is why Prince is dead, right? Work, work on the football story. Why you go cover that uh, gala event? Celebrating the Lex Luthor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All things Lex. And then, and then, oh my god, if you couldn't cram so much horse shit into one thing, it's like, okay, here's the rest of them. In these little quick time videos <laughs> that were shot with an old f- cell phone. Uh, All I know is that The Flash loves milk. Um, <laughs> and, and, Joe Morton created Cyborg and apparently sci- Aquaman can't breathe underwater no, no, Joe, Joe Morton created Cyborg in a sci-fi channel in an original movie because <laughs> that's how it looked and sadly until they finally finishing rendering that special effect it still looks like that in the trailers <laughs> for Justice League uh, this the thing is is that it's a com- the worst part about that it, it just it's a commercial it it's is. a commercial for another movie, which now, knowing Nobody's what we know, yeah, knowing what we know now about the state of the DCEU, what does it fucking matter about Justice League? It doesn't. It's not going to continue. There's not, they haven't inked a Superman 2 or Man, Man of Steel 2 or whatever. It's, they finally signed Patty Jenkins to the highest uh, no. director's... Hasn't hasn't officially. Oh, I thought they officially. They're 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 in final negotiations, but But she's getting a lot more money. She's going to get a lot more money, and James Cameron's upset about that because. But but given that, because James Cameron's a douche. But given what we know about Matt Reeves, the Batman, the the Joker origin, oh yeah, the Joker origin story. Because you know what I was going to say. You know what I really loved about the Dark Knight was when Heath Ledger told about the story about the scars, and it was the same story three times over. Yeah. No, I no, no. It was three different stories. It, that, duh. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't need to hear. So. I don't need to see a Joker origin story. I um, you know, I don't. It's like it has nothing to do with anything else. Right. It's it, honestly, it's like the Arrowverse, but within the movies. The Arrowverse. Yeah, for the Arrowverse is, is more. It's good, but they're they're a self-contained unit. Right. All the entire universe is self-contained, which is fine, and it works. The internal logic in it works. Right. You know why? Because they made narrow series. Then they made a flash. Right, series. they let it happen. Like, or, well, no, that's, and, and that's really kind of the big flaw in the whole DCEU. Right. Man of Steel was a good movie on its own, but then they they, they saw it. well, they saw what the MCU was doing, yeah. and they rushed it. They're like, right, okay, we got this one movie. Let's shit something out, right? So, I mean, just to look at it this way too. Red, Imagine red. this, and this is usually the. Um, 
the comparison I like to give, and then we'll then we'll move on. I swear <laughs> to God. All right. Imagine that the only movies <coughs> that came out before Avengers was Captain America: Civil War, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. That's it. And then everybody else <coughs> yeah. gets introduced in one movie with the exact same amount of exposition they were given in Avengers without knowing. Iron Man had two movies. Thor had a movie. Well, basically what they did was they went from Captain America First Avenger to Captain America Civil War. And they just crammed all the other movies into like a small exactly. front part. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's a tough, it's a tough, I, I really just, I do find it laughable to try to defend this movie as being good because it's, again, it's a checklist. It's right. a fanboy's checklist of what I want to see on the screen, but... None of it made any sense to get to those points. The context doesn't make sense. The context, all that. It's such an abysmally paced movie. There's a reason why the only thing people are looking forward to in uh, Justice League is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who amazingly is not... Well, not amazingly. We all knew she wasn't going to make this list. Uh, so, all right. Mike. All right. We're on number eight, by the way, in case you forgot. We spent a long time on this one. Oh! <laughs> We're sticking around for the DCU a little bit. <laughs> we got Ryan Reynolds, the Green Lantern. To infinity and beyond. By the power of Grayskull. What the hell? Come on, if you can find me a hundred miles in the middle of nowhere, you think that you can... No! Green Lantern fight Sinestro. No, let's see him fight a giant poo cloud from space. Yeah. Steve writes, Green Lantern film um, film school should show this to students as an example of how not to use Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces as a storytelling device. <laughs> this, oh my god. Mike and I had the theater almost all to ourselves yeah. to see this movie. Uh, which was great because within five minutes I'm already shouting, oh great, daddy issues. He did. He really, really yeah. did. Yeah, it was... Oh, God. How do you... Why is Hal Jordan such a friggin' douche nozzle? Woefully well, miscast. Well, Woefully miscast. To, well, to, no, well, to be fair, he's a douche nozzle in the comic book. Yeah, but he's more of like a, like a crew cut douche nozzle. No, not he's like, not. He's not a party boy. At least I'm going with the original Hal no, Jordan. No, Hal Jordan. No, ever, ever, since the, ever since the Bronze Age, ever since the 70s, ever, uh, the, ever since the Daniel O'Neill run right. of, of Green Lantern, Hal Jordan's a douche. Right. He is the typical cocky Air Force. Uh, ever, ever since the uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow cross. Yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel O'Neill's run. He has been a douche nozzle. And, and I'm not saying he's, he's a bad guy. I mean, he's just... He's obnoxious, arrogant, occasionally evil. Okay, well, that's because of the parallax, but that's a yeah, whole other yeah. story. 
he's a he's a douche nozzle. So I had no problem with the casting of Ryan Reynolds. No, I did. It's the story, just like you said. Why wouldn't we want to see him? Why wouldn't we want to see Sinestro turn bad and see him fight him? Right. Because no, that's the whole him. point. You Why know? would you make your inaugural villain Hector Hammond? Who? Hector Hammond. Hector Hammond. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I mean, yeah. the sick thing is, I was looking so forward to Green Lantern. Green Lantern's one of my favorite DC heroes. I love Green Lantern. I was too, because the potential of the power ring, the most powerful weapon in the universe. The one weapon that can possibly subdue Superman. Right, exactly. Right. And the issue is, I think, the movie's conversation went, I mean, apart from the fact the movie's just plain bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of the conversation went away from the actual movie itself and went into the suit. Yeah, there was right. more discussion yeah. about that CG suit where he looks like a floating head. Right, exactly. It never once looked right. They did stuff like... I remember reading articles about how, well, you'll be able to see his toes because like, the boots are translucent. And like, wow, then you don't see his junk. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was there was stuff about the movie I didn't mind though. The stuff on Oa when he was like training. Yes, the stuff with Kilowog was, was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah Kilowog was awesome. But then they decided, yeah, let, let's chuck that out the window. Let's do all the junky stuff. Now. Yeah, we exactly. spent five minutes here. Let's move Black Blake Lively needs some time on screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, why would you don't make Sinestro the main antagonist? I don't know. No, I, honestly, it would have worked, and it would have worked even if they introduced him as the antagonist. Halfway through the movie, well, it would have it worked if they, if they started from the beginning because in the comic books you don't know. I mean, you don't find out that Sinestro used to be a Green Lantern until way, way, way after, right? You know, after the the initial right. comic book. Came because out. It, it felt to me like when he does take the yellow ring at the end, post credits, it really felt like it came out of nowhere. Right, exactly. Wait, we how, he just spent the entire movie learning that uh, you know Will in in the Green Lantern is more powerful than Fear and the Yellow Lantern. Fuck it, give me that. I feel like lemonade today. Yeah. I, honestly, I I mean, I I did not like Ryan Ryan Reynolds casting for it. I like I like I like the I like the casting, but bad. I thought he a, he was too snarky, too sarcastic for it. That's he, that's he was, how George's character no, I, closely. He was. Too close to have been removed from waiting at that point. Yeah. In order to really, like... the I mean, the Ryan Reynolds that we get now... I mean, thank God, the Ryan Reynolds we get now is Wade Wilson. Right. It's, thank Christ. See, his his portrayal, I thought, was a better fit for, like, a Kyle Rayner-type character. I've always seen Hal Jordan as more, more you know, square draw, you know, crew but cut, more... Not. That's how I've seen right. him. All right, that's how I've The seen other... Him. I mean, the other thing, too, and this... Let's just get into the massive missed boat that they could have taken with Green Lantern. John Stewart. Oh, John yeah. Stewart. Oh, John how Stewart would you have liked to be the first major, and we're excluding Blade entirely from this conversation. <laughs> Which I'm surprised none of the... Anyways. Blade they, Trinity they, they got quite they, a few they votes. They close. Um, but how do you exclude... You could have been, had the first major motion picture with a recognizable superhero played by an African-American. And Idris, no, Idris Elba. That would have been Jonathan awesome. Stewart. And you know what? Given how, like, pretty much at that point, most people were familiar with Green Lantern from the animated they, they, show. Right, exactly. That was Jon Stewart. Jon right. Stewart. It was for, a, for, a, for a lot of millennial kids, Jon Stewart is Green Lantern. It yes. made the most sense. Yeah. Now, and here's, they, 
right. it over. Now, I mean, unless they For decide, me, Gardner, you know, because God knows, you know, if someone in DC is oh. probably listening to this. Oh, I love Guy Gardner. Fuck Guy Gardner. Oh, oh, I, think Guy I, wear a awesome. sw- I wear a turtleneck. I've got a bowl cut, and it's the 80s. He's the only man who's given Batman, the moon Batman, up in the Justice League no, Tower. Jesus. I, I just I just think that, you know, because you know someone from uh, WBDC is listening to this right now. Oh, yeah. They legitimately have, like, six months to crank out a John, John Stewart um, oh, I bet, no, yeah, I bet Green you Lantern did. before Black Panther comes out, right? No, I bet you, I bet you it's John Stewart in the uh, Justice League that Alfred's talking to. I think that's Superman. No, that's Superman. They have it's, made it's, that so Superman. patently clear. Oh, because, you, oh, just in case you were wondering, he's not dead. Oh, shit, really? the hell you say? I love that thing on Nostalgia Critic where they're talking, where, where they got the guy portrayed, you know, playing Zack Snyder oh, talking yeah. oh, about, God. maybe, just maybe, just hope that he'll come back after all. And this guy, Angry Joe, the video game yeah. guy, just stands up, pushes <laughs> himself off, straightens his collar, looks at him, points, No! <laughs> and then goes off on a three-minute rant about how you earned none of this. <laughs> you didn't earn the death of Superman. You didn't even earn Doomsday. Nope. All right. Okay. Joe, number seven. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number seven. Now, which Hulk is this one? It's Angley just Hulk. Or it's it's just Angley. Angley. Hulk. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Steve, <laughs> Steve writes, Dear Hollywood, stop giving potential tentpole franchises to art house directors with no knowledge of the source material and very little experience within the genre. This is the second movie in a row where the, where the hero has to fight a giant cloud at the end. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. But that cloud is like a cloud of like schlitz and pot and With daddy smoke. issues. With There's, daddy the issues. The same thing, the, uh, the third movie where, they're fil- where they have to fight a cloud at the end didn't quite make the move. Didn't quite make the list. Oh God! This is just so. Why do superheroes hate clouds? I don't know. I like clouds. Old man, old man yells at cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hulk would at least be upset about cloud. Cloud anger, Hulk. Right in front of sun. I was getting tan. Um. Oh God! This one. What, what's sick about this movie is a. I want to think that it had some potential somewhere along the line before somebody decided to stop <laughs> rendering the Hulk special effect. Oh, when God. you look, all right, go back. Oh, I remember now. Look oh. at the special effects for every scene the Hulk is in. First of all, his purple pants are painted on with like MS Paint. <laughs> they don't even look like real clothes. Like they couldn't even be bothered to come up with some semblance of Texturing. texture or anything. They look like they're painted on. There's this one scene where, um, where he's like he's trapped in like that big foam ball, yeah. and it's just like this this kind of floating head on yeah. top of a prop. Um, Mis- this floating misshapen head. Oh god! And uh, and how big the Hulk is entirely depends on which scene you're at. Right, exactly. Oh, that's right because he, it wasn't he, scaled right. He grows and he never shrinks depending down. on which scene. Sometimes he's big enough to spin a tank. Yeah, I remember watching. I remember watching the um, the the making of and like Ang Lee did all the motion capture for the Hulk. Not Eric Bana. Ang, Ang Lee. Lee. Oh god, he weighs like ninety pounds and. It's, and then what he tries to do is because this he never read comic books, so 
every frame he wants to make it feel like you're watching a comic book. Also, every 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 scene transition, every every was a comic book panel, even when yeah. it didn't require it. Yeah. It's like there's a scene between Sam Elliott, who was the perfect Thunderbolt Ross. I'll give them props on casting for that because that man's got a mustache. <laughs> um, and Jennifer Connelly, and they're sitting in a diner, and they're doing they're doing that that transition wipe with the thick comic book panel yep. in between them. It's like stop it, just stop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a there was a sketch on um, Robot Chicken. <laughs> they, they have Ang Lee talking about um, his making of the Hulk. He's like, I wanted to make it like pretty haiku, pretty bird floating so free. <laughs> he's up. Didn't, didn't, didn't this like Ang Lee stop making movies for a while after this? Like, um, like I think, that, I think his, next, his next movie was Life of Pi. No, no. Two years later, his movie was Brokeback Mountain, and he won an Oscar for it. Oh yeah, that's, oh, right. that's right. So yeah, Holy he direct, Yeah, exactly. So Jesus. this really didn't. Hurt his career at all because he won two. Uh, he's won two fucking Oscars since then. Good for him. Life of Pi. The movie you made right before this was a uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, though. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the movie, the movie that, that got him the job. Yeah, that's the movie that put him on the map. Oh, this right movie so though. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I feel bad for Eric Bana because I still don't feel like Eric Bana's got a fair shake anywhere. That's sense, no. No, I mean he was in Munich, and that's how all Jews get laid now. It's because of Eric uh, Eric Bana in, in Munich. And he was in. Uh, he was Star in Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, he was Nero. Exactly how he said it, <laughs> and that's it. I'm sure, he's been. In some he's other done things. some other things. I think he's done a couple of Nicholas Sparks movies at this point, but who has? <laughs> who has Ryan Reynolds has done a Nicholas Sparks movie. And you know, another thing too. This is another movie like Batman versus Superman that is just oh so long. Yeah, it's right like, because I remember when you thought it was over, and wait a second, there's enough. Now he's got to fight dogs. He's got to fight a mutant poodle. <laughs> that, was, that was seriously 45... You're not interested introducing to the Hulk until almost an hour into the movie. Yes. And that's when he fights the mutated poodle. Because yep. you got to have mutated poodles. Right. But, but the, the, the two hour and 30 minute mark, I think, is finally when he... Um, he fights. He fights Daddy, played by Nick Nolte, who honestly every day looked like he rolled out of a can of Schlitz. <laughs> it's Nick Nolte. He did roll out of a can, can of Schlitz, Schlitz every day. Jesus. PBR. Oh God. No, no, no. Not, no. PBR is too high class for oh, Nick Nolte. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, oh man. And Jennifer Connelly should just. Is it just me or did we get had with a beautiful mind? Because I feel like sometimes she's just not a good actress. I don't care. She's still good looking. She's, oh yeah, she's still good looking to look at. Yeah, that's and she's true. got a great voice. Yeah, that's what it is. The voice. Well, no, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Those voice. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot she voice. was doing that. Yeah? She was the voice. She was the voice of uh, of what? What she? What do you call him? I forget. Uh, I don't remember either. But yeah. anyway, um, all right, number six. It's you, <sighs> Catwoman. I can't believe I can trust in you. You're a fake. And what are you? A hero? A thief? A freak? If you don't have an identity, why keep it a secret? Because you killed me. It was me. Down the pipes. 
patience, Phillips. That's who's under there. Uh, let me, let me get my... Who have you ever seen Catwoman? I have. I, I I took a fucking bullet for this show you did, years did. ago to watch this it, movie. It's available on Netflix, and every day, every day I was like, I would look at it, I was like, nah, I don't feel like watching it today. Steve writes, Catwoman. Other films on this list have destroyed careers, but Catwoman is the only one bad enough to bring down Halle Berry at the peak of her fame. It was. Alright, you know how bad this movie did this was? this come out before or after Swordfish? This came out after Swordfish. Did it? This movie came out after the Oscar. This movie came you know, out after X Men. After X Men, and this oh, movie get out. And yeah. this movie came out after um, Die Another Day. Did it come out after X Two? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is oh, two thousand four. Oh, okay. Really? Um, yes. Holy shit. Okay. So, uh, let's talk. About, have you seen? Okay. Am I the only person who's seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this movie came out seven years after Batman and Robin. Yep. It was bef- while Batman Begins was in a year away. Was in 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 uh, production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry. I'm, 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 like, I'm like, just. I, I just want to point out at this point, we had already arrived to two Spider-Man movies by the time this movie came out. Two good Spider-Man movies. Right. Two uh, two movies that revived yeah. the comic book genre. Yeah. Two good Spider-Man movies. Uh, one eh, X Men movie and one really really good X Men movie right. and oh um oh and Daredevil yeah. this movie though no so Steve's right this destroyed her career because do you remember after Die Another Day came out they're like we were gonna make a series of Jinx movies for Halle Berry yep so they were gonna finally put a side character a James uh, Bond James side Bond. character in her own movie this. Put the, the kibosh on oh, all nobody of that. Heard, nobody heard word about Jinx after that. Oh my god, this movie is... First of all, this movie is written by people who have never, ever read a Catwoman comic book or seen any interpretation of Catwoman ever. She's her own character. She actually takes on the personality of a cat. Like, she's oh, eating tuna out of a can. And, so, so she's Selena Kyle, but there's no Bruce Wayne in this But role. she's not Selena Kyle, though. She's I think she's... Patience. Yeah, patience, something or other. So she's not even the Selena. No, no, she's not even the Catwoman. She's a Catwoman. There's no Batman in this world. There is no. There's no Batman. The only. I mean, all right. So is uh, it just in Gotham? No. Yeah, Uh, Sharon Stone is the villain in this movie, and her only crime is that she's creating a a series of cosmetics that prematurely age people, so they need to buy more of it. Exactly. Sharon Stone, who was 12 years removed from Basic Instinct at that point. You know, after this shit and Electro, I'm surprised Wonder Woman never got made. Yeah. Yeah, Halle, Halle Berry was basically like, uh, you know, I want I want a larger role in X-Men. You're not giving me, so I'll have I'll star my own movie now. Yep. And then, and then uh, can I come back for that Days of Future Past? <laughs> no, she came back for X3. X3. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Talk about slumming it. Um, She, the costume is just, it's pure fetish. Yeah. It is a pure fetish outfit. But not in the good fetish, like Michelle Pfeiffer. Right, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the Michelle Pfeiffer costume, as movie costumes go, the Michelle Pfeiffer Batman Returns co- uh, Catwoman costume is iconic. Yeah. Yeah. This looks silly. <laughs> it just looks really, really like someone legitimately threw it together. I mean, unlike, you know, Selena Kyle and Batman Returns, that she did, like, 
throw it together. Right. And she it stitched looks it awesome. together. She did. She stitched vinyl together. Um, <laughs> because why not? Man? Why not? Right. Yeah, it's a. It's, I guess it's kind of hard to beat mine being the only person to talk about this one. It's just. It truly is a bad, bad movie. Like I want, I want, I want to rub its nose and poop. It's like <laughs> <laughs> laid a, a dog poop bag on and put it on our porch. Yes, exactly. All right, Mike, number five, and holy shit, I didn't realize we were gonna have a tie-in. Yeah, number five. Uh, speaking of what, uh, Halle Berry <laughs> left Catwoman to, uh, the date after Catwoman, X Men Three: The Last Stand. Don't you know who I am? I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. This is bad. This was bad. All right. I is... thought I thought this movie was going to end the X Men cinematic franchise. Period. Oh, it, and it, it came close to practically it came did. Really damn close. It to. Until, is... until until first class came along. I thought X Men was dead as a yeah. movie. Oh, actually, there was one movie after this, but before X Men First Class, X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, you. Yep. <laughs> Which came close. Came close. Not nearly as close as I thought very, it would. Very, very, very close. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Too, it's too removed from the list. Really? Yeah. Wow. I got a last minute vote. Wow. Um. All right. Where do we get started with X three? Uh, first of all, it's the first movie that Brian Singer with took himself Mr. off Mike. of. Yeah. Um. Actually, one second. I've got. So the so Fox was like, hmm. You know, we got that 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 guy who did all the Rush Hour movies. Rush Hour X Men. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. By the way, Steve writes, when Brian Singer quit this movie to do Superman Returns, he ruined both movies in the process, and I will never, ever forgive him. I don't know. He, st- he also did Usuals on Suspects. He did, yeah, but he did that. That's how he got the X-Men job. I know, but I will always have a I love that movie. But yeah. anyway, yes, <laughs> X3, first of all, is directed by Brett Ratner, who yeah. is awful. Yes. Um... He's just a bad director who doesn't understand his source material. I, I wouldn't call him a director per se. Yeah, actually, I believe that when you when you use the word no, honest trailers used director. Yeah, I would put, I would I would put him as someone who stands behind the camera and makes bad decisions. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So first of all, you take what is hands down. Oh, the man. most popular story in the X Men lore, and maybe, arguably, one of the most popular stories in comic book history. One, one, one of the most iconic. At yeah. Least Not only that, but after the ending of X2, yep. where you see the Phoenix form starting up feet appearing on that yep. lake, and I, I, everyone was like, oh, the Phoenix Saga, the Phoenix Saga. And Many then, a chamber pot oh, needed to be emptied after this, X2. Oh, and Matthew, uh, Matthew Vaughn was slated to direct. Yep. Uh, it is... All right, there's just yeah. so. I don't know if it's the, well, maybe maybe it's not the director. Maybe it's the. I mean, I know Brett Ratner sucks as a director, but Simon Kimber was the writer too. Right. So. There's a lot of bad. There was a lot of bad decisions in this movie. And, and I know, I know, if I can control all forms of metal, I want to build my base in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Because that makes complete and total yep. sense, right? Right in the woods. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um. It would. What uh, Magneto taking over the Morlocks? The fact that I mean they threw the word mutant around really like it was like, like it was tic tacs. It was just you know oh you're a mutant what do you do? Well I'm just ugly. Okay then you're a mutant. You're a mutant. Yeah. Um, there there were points when they referred to you know the the cure for you mutant you know for your mutation as just cure. 
That's all it was. So, like, there's this, this scene where the army is rushing in. They're getting their special plastic cure guns. And this is the voice of Arlie Army, by the way. Yeah. Narrating that they need their cure bullets and their, you know, their cure guns. And, oh. And there's so many characters they got wrong. They couldn't even get the Phoenix Force right. Juggernaut. They didn't get, yeah, they didn't get that right at all. I really, you know, it was really, what I liked about the comic books was that they always kind of, they they always handled the, um, the, you know, the implied romance between Gene and Logan with a very subtle hand. Right. You know, it was what it was. You knew it was there. But they but didn't. It was, it, it, they didn't but you always knew. You, it was always Gene and Scott. Yeah. And then Logan kind of pining. Logan on the outside. Pining, pining for Gene. And Gene kind of aware of it. But but this movie. And, and Gene's honestly, occasionally dying. Yeah. Yeah, that too. This movie, and going forward into the Wolverine, it's like they just lubed up a fist and just like jammed it in there. <laughs> it's just, yes, we get it. Oh my God! Do we get it? Well, Scott's dead now, so now she can go bang, bang Logan. And... Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and Scott dying. That was a great way to sign him <laughs> off, so he can go and do Superman Returns. Yeah, right? in a thankless role. Yeah. God. Way to, way to be Clark Kent's cook. <laughs> um. Oh God. And, all right. So they got him right. Juggernaut. How do you, you mess, mess up? up you mess up. Vinny Jones. Ugh. When I heard Vinny Jones was going to play Juggernaut, I'm like. All right, I'm on board. There's just one line because there's one line, and that's the only reason that they put Juggernaut in the movie. I'm the Juggernaut, I'm the juggernaut bitch. bitch, because because that was already five years old. Well, Vinnie Jones saying it would have been yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they really just didn't do enough with Kitty Pride. Um, Colossus looked Colossus looked ridiculous <laughs> because in X2. When they when they brought him in, um, they had actually done the CG yeah. Yeah. for Colossus. But for X three, Ratner decided to give him a costume. Oh, that's right. So he looked. He just. It was like a tin mask and tin arms, and he just. He looked ridiculous. There, there's one one um, casting of that that I really did like. Classic Grandmaster the Beast. Yes. Yeah, and that actually stayed in for uh, Days of Future's Past. Yeah. yeah. He was very good. Yes, he was. Um, well, it's Kelsey Grammer. It's Kelsey Grammer, exactly. But yeah, Halle Berry is so out of place in that movie. <laughs> if she she thought she was underused in uh, in X two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing compared is... to what they did with her X three. At this point, though, they just they turn into Wolverine movies. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, okay. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is brilliant. Hugh Jackman may very well be the most perfect casting. Of a superhero ever. That doesn't mean they. they he's always got great things exactly, to work with. Exactly. Exactly. He's had some dogs. Yeah. And then but some. I just remember Jim. Jim was so angry because this is his favorite story of all time. And how do you, just, you again? How do you mess up the Phoenix side? Part of it is is that they spent no time developing it. That, that, it all it is. You know, it's you know an what? alternate personality, no, and you know it's what? not an alternate personality. No. You know what? This is the perfect example of a director who does not read or doesn't care about the source material. Right. Yes. Honestly, it's it's the main reason why I'm not really all that looking forward to the Doctor Phoenix movie that's coming up next. Who the hell knows? Because I really... it's, being, it's being directed by Simon Kinberg, who wrote oh, X3. I... Oh. And, and also, they we met and got introduced to the Phoenix 
in like half of X Men Apocalypse. Right. And now they're basing the entire next movie about her. Yeah. That's. I, I want I the build up from X Men One to X Two to what could have been the Dark Phoenix Saga was perfect. Twenty sixteen was a weird year for Fox because I mean I I, I enjoyed Apocalypse. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, it obviously, was nowhere near as good as the the, the two that preceded it. There was some. I, I honestly felt they didn't give it enough time. That could have easily been two movies. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But 2016 was like Fox can make R-rated comic book movies now, and they'll be really good. And then this year, another one. Yeah. That was really, really good. And when New Mutants comes out, that's going to be rated R. They just need to get away from the X-Men now and stick with the R-rated stuff because, A, it makes more money. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't... I, I Honestly, I don't know... I don't have a comparison in front of me. What Apocalypse did versus what Deadpool did. Yeah, oh, yeah Deadpool, Mike's doing it now. Deadpool must have... Deadpool was... Oh, oh, absolutely. Dead, Deadpool did like 750, Yeah. Worldwide. I think maybe Apocalypse did 300 mil. So which timeline yeah. is... Which timeline is this? <laughs> Are you taking me to see Patrick Stewart or, or, or James, James McAvoy? McAvoy? I get so confused. <laughs> all right, shall we move on? Uh, we shall. Uh, no, anyway, all right, yeah. yeah. All right, before we continue on, which what is that? Uh, what that mean? Worldwide box office five forty three. Oh, it made half a billion dollars. Holy but shit! But Deadpool made two hundred million more. Right. For an already movie that wasn't shown on, his, on all, a sixty yeah. million dollar budget. True. Of course, this one's one hundred and seventy eight million dollar budget. Oh, oh god. Way. All right. Next oh up, um, no, actually, it's you, Joe. Oh, is it number four? Oh, oh, oh Sam, you let me down. Spider-Man three. Okay, emo Toby. Never wound. What you can't kill. Eddie, the suit. You got to take it off. Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Ah. Uh, uh. I know what it feels like. It feels good. The power. Everything. But you'll lose yourself. Let it go. I like being bad. It makes me happy. Emo Toby. Steve writes, this is what happens when the studio doesn't have the stones to fire a director they pissed off so bad that he deliberately attempts to scuttle the whole franchise. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say my piece about Spider-Man 3. This was a letdown. I don't think it is a particularly awful movie. Again. I I still think Amazing Spider-Man 2 is worse than this. Like Dave said, this is a meh movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not as if it's like a terrible movie, but I I honestly can't see too many people actually enjoying this movie, though. It's, it's just it's, it's just, tough to enjoy because there is so much pathos going on in the entire thing. Just, exactly. just on YouTube but the other day, I flicked it on and I was like, I, I just I was, I was trying to find something, and so I looked on, I looked it up, and I watched, tried watching the scene where emo um, emo Toby McGuire is walking down the street. I watched that for like like ten seconds. Yep, I was like, I, I can't watch this anymore. I flicked it off. It was, it was just such a painful thing to watch. It, it is. It, it, it is. It, there's no point of it in the being in the movie, right? Never, never once has uh, has the in the comics has the Venom symbiote made someone like an emo 
No, all the, all, the, all the all the Venom suit, all the symbiote did. What is that? My dryer. Oh, all that all the symbiote in the comic books. All the symbiote did was make Pete more aggressive. Right. Yeah. It didn't turn him into an emo douchebag. Yeah. It enhances his aggression and in like rage and anger. Right. It, exactly. It feeds on negative emotions. It doesn't make you like comb your hair like down <laughs> in the front and. Then, like, doesn't make hey, me super no, hot. It, it, yeah, it didn't t- turn hey. him into an arrogant. It doesn't turn him into an arrogant asshole. It just makes yeah. him more, more again, more right. angry, more aggressive. Yeah. Part of the issue with this, too, first of all, um, so I, I remember what listening to the uh, "How Did This Get Made" about Spider-Man Three, and like for a city as big as New York, there's an awful lot of coincidences happening. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's just there are far too many villains in it. it when you when you right. factor in that Franco plays the first villain, he looked terrible. It was a bad. It was just a bad look. But, it, but, it was. But, it but was. You know what? That was a better version of the Goblin than um. In defense, Defoe. De- no, no, no. no. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh god. In defense of the um, Santa played mm-hmm. Sandman. Um. Oh. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church. He was actually. It was good very job. Good. He did a very if, good. He, if, he was compelling villain as Sandman. If he was the only villain in this movie, but, it would have been hell of a lot. Better. But he's the Sandman. He's such a C list villain for Spider Man. He, he's a henchman. He's, he's, he's a, a henchman. Right. Okay. Iron Man was a C list hero mm-hmm. for for Marvel. You can make it work. Right. It's, it's not the. It's how you handle the character right. and write him. His story, his backstory, was very compelling. You know, and right. he would have done if if and I like say, you said, if the focus was just on him as the antagonist, they probably could have made a good movie. With considering how much time they spent on his origin, that you gotta you when you watch him getting turned into sand, that's fucking heartbreaking. It is exactly, and they did a good. Sam Raimi did a good job with that. Well, that and and, and, that, and that, Sam, Sam Raimi just wanted Sam Raimi. That's all. And, and and that didn't preclude having the symbiote. But you could have left that off for another film, right? And that's the thing. That and that's the thing. People, you know, if I if I remember, Spidey wore the symbiote costume for a, a almost while. a year, oh, yeah. a couple of years before he figured out, hey, maybe I should take this thing off. It's yeah. doing something. Yeah. That's to me. I, I, I the thing that really kind of bugged me the most about this movie is that Venom. I know, I know, you're not a big fan of him. But well, I like I like Venom as a character. Uh, Topher Grace as Venom. No, what the what the what? Venom has always been my no, to- favorite. Topher, Gra- Topher Grace as Eddie Brock just does not work. Yeah, Venom has always been my favorite Spider-Man villain. Yeah, and that that was not that was not. I mean, there were there were flashes of the Venom that I loved in that, mo- in right. that movie, but it was it, it, overall it was not the Venom. That Based I on what they see. were trying to attempt with the body framing of Topher Grace. I got to admit, I did like the design yeah, of uh, Venom the way it was. I would have obviously, I would have preferred, preferred the larger, the, 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 the bulkier. The, no, I, I, as far as the costume, I would have preferred the the comic book. Correct? Right. I don't know if you could have pulled it off. I don't. Know. I, I actually, I didn't mind that because it, it, it kind of like yeah, that added it, texture. It, to it, the, it, the, it made it like it made it that the dark, dark flip side of right. Spider Man. But again, right. if I had my if I was you know the one directing or had was a judge, yeah. Sandman is the antagonist. You introduce the symbiote through and make that, you know, have that just be the costume. Right. You know there's yeah. something more to it, but just be the costume for yeah. the third. Then make Venom into the villain, the, the protagonist True. in the fourth movie. But can we talk about what was truly the worst thing about this movie? Harry's butler. 
<laughs> I dressed his wounds as he died. Dime store Alfred. Oh my god. And he you... was like, everything was delivered like this. I've always loved you. <laughs> I dressed his wounds as he died. And you felt that you felt the prudent not to tell me because why? You see me flying to a drunken rage on a nightly basis? Yeah. I have cirrhosis of the liver because of <laughs> Spider-Man? Just because you couldn't just bother to tell, tell me, me that he was the Green Goblin? <laughs> oh, uh. So bad. Alright. Moving on. Oh, I think it's me. It is you. Yeah. Alright. Number three. Spawn. Easy with that face on me. Oops. Oh, what, what? I hope I didn't stain my underwear. Ah, look at that. Skid marks. Get away from me, you freak. And the winners are Wanda and Terry. Multiplying like rabbits. And jumping, and pumping, and doing, and... You stay away from her. I don't want Wanda. I want you to take care of Wynn. And then you and the army can kick some angelic buttocks. <laughs> and in return for your services, we'll get Wanda back for you. Heck, you can have everyone on the planet why settle for leftovers, huh? <laughs> I like this thing. Now you kill me. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Steve writes about Spawn. Uh, if I can find it on my thing... Good lord. God damn it, it like went away again. That's weird. Um, first of all, what I'm going to say about Spawn is I am amazed it is this high up on the list. I am too. You think so? Um, oh, part of it is because when I worked it. at Suncoast, again, yeah. Suncoast Story, and this movie came out, people wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> it's it just was, like, when did this movie come out? Uh, 96. Yeah, no, 97. 97. I mean, it was the mid-90s. That was the McFarlane Mania, so... Alright, Steve wrote, I'm surprised that Spawn made it so high in the list since most of us have kind of forgotten that Spawn existed. <laughs> um, yeah. This is an ugly, ugly movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's early, it was early in the days of CGI. It... Not really, though! Jurassic Park did a really good job four years before this. Yeah, but yeah, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, but you know, you know the total number of minutes in Jurassic Park with CGI. True. Yeah. Compared it, to what they were trying to do with right. Spawn, with what they're trying to do with a cape, a, still the cape, still. Yeah. And the I'm well, sorry. I mean, you can't you can't forget the fantastic casting of John Leguizamo. Oh my God, uh, hey, John! Here's what we need you to do. Do a lot of, of la- we're going to put you in a lot of latex, but you're essentially going to do Jim Carrey in the mask, only with more like ball sweat and fart jokes. <laughs> yeah. Can't have, no, wait, it's it's a demonic clown. We've got to have the fart jokes. Yeah, Don't gotta, lay yeah. on the fart jokes, Can you please. pull out your underwear? Can you pull out your underwear without taking your pants off? I would appreciate that. Can you make a Skid Marks reference now? <laughs> um, oh, all right, there was... So many things wrong with this movie. First of all, the costume, which everybody raved about. When you actually look at the costume, oh, it's... it looks like a costume. Right. It just looks like somebody was like, here, put this on. <laughs> they, for the most part, had him with his uh, with the mask off the entire time. 
I mean, like latter day Spider Man movies do. Those, I gotta say, those scenes in um, those scenes when he was in hell. Those that's that CG is just mind bogglingly awesome. Really? Just, no. no. Yeah, I know. Oh God, no. It honestly, it, it's like one of those things where you watch, like when you watch King Kong, that Peter Jackson King Kong on a high definition TV now, and you're like. Yeah, those things are happening on two completely different planes of reality. <laughs> when, when, when he's talking to, uh, what was that demon? Like Marbola? Marfisbola? Uh, I don't know. I didn't read enough Spawn because uh, yeah. I always thought Todd McFarlane is kind of a backslapping douchebag. Whenever, whenever Spawn is in hell, I thought I was watching like a PlayStation 1 cutscene. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. A lot of like. orange. A lot of yeah, orange. A lot of orange. A lot of orange and red. Yeah. I'm amazed you didn't see like a little Ubisoft in the, in the bottom corner. Oh, come on. Ubisoft Sega. was a lot better than that. <laughs> yeah, Sega. That's more like it. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It, I, I remember yeah. also when they released the action figures. Again, this is a this is all the Suncoast stuff. Oh, yeah. Suncoast was big on McFarlane. Uh, oh, my day. God. We carried so many of them. And the. The most inarticulate, and I'm 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 saying that as a truthism, the most inarticulate, good-looking toys you could ever buy. They were basically they are, statuettes. They're yeah. statuettes. Yeah, statuettes with like two points of articulation. With, exactly. I actually own a couple of McFarlane movie characters. I own the Crow, which has exactly two points of articulation in his arms. I have Edward Scissorhands, which has a little more articulation, and I have um, Ichabod Crane. Oh, from uh, from uh, Johnny Depp's yeah, the the slip yeah, from Sleepy yeah, Hollow. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And they're just like they just do nothing. They, they look good, stand though. there, look good. Yeah, but they stand there. So it's kind of like says boys. Says the man who keeps his Star Wars black figures in boxes. I shut your mouth. Of course <laughs> I do that. So they're like hot toys, but without the playability factor. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, no, hot they, toys comes with like thirty points of articulation. Yeah. Okay. Oh hell, more than that. Should, you can, like, they you can do they each, should for 600 bucks. You can do like each finger. <laughs> but again, this is one of those movies that when it came out, people would shut the fuck up about it. And it was like, the biggest the biggest crime with this movie was, it's an R-rated movie that was rated PG-13. Yeah. yeah. It easily could, and they made an R-rated cut, and it was just like, it, very much like the R-rated cut of BVS. Yeah. Ooh, he said fuck once. Oh, well, alright, there's your R-rating right there. No, nah, you can get away with one, one fuck. No, you can, but that's that was the R rating right yeah. there. Have you seen um, Battle of the Five Armies, the Hobbit yeah. Five Armies, the director's cut? No. The R rated cut? No. There's no reason why that movie should be rated R. <laughs> None. <laughs> uh, well, it's the Hobbit, of course not. Right. So, but yeah, no, Spawn is very, like Steve said, it is a forgettable movie. Yeah. I'm forgetting we talked about it right now. What, what, what were we talking about? Um, I think we're talking about number two. Okay, which is what? Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Where is the woman? Give it up, you'll never find her. If you will not tell me, I will hurt people. Written by Christopher Reeves. Big Christopher Reeves, yep. Uh, Steve writes, the best part about Superman 4 is that Menachem Golem thought he could pull it off. <laughs> this is one of those famous canon movies where you notice the exact point that they ran out of money. <laughs> yep. This is... Uh, oh, God. I am amazed I got Gene Hackman back. 
They couldn't get. There were. The, oh, here's <laughs> the thing: that, is that, that's where all the money went to. Right. The Salkinds feud. The Salkinds weren't producing this one. Right. right so yeah. the feud that um, pretty much kept Margot Kidder and Gene Hackman out of three because they were defenders of Richard Donner. Yeah. Those are gone now. They had a new director. Um, they had a new new series of producers. Who was the director? For uh, you know, what? I'm going to double check that. But <laughs> this, 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 this. Um, <laughs> your your villain, your villain, ladies and gentlemen, the Nuclear Man, voiced by Gene Hackman, because the uh, the guy who they got to play him, Mark, Mark Pillow, Pillows. Mark Pillow, it was a terrible actor, Sidney J. Fury. Okay, yeah, oh, find wow. out what else he... Yeah, because that is actually a name of somebody. Mm. Nope, you got it? What's his wow. He's, what's his he, filmography? He's been around since 1958. Yeah. Um, really uh, not a whole lot, it looks like. Nothing really of... Oh, wait, he directed Ladybugs. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, he also directed the Iron Eagle movies. Also canon classics. And he also wrote those, too. Oh, oh Jesus. good God. It explains a lot. Yep. He directed um, the Entity. <laughs> when, whenever you hear about people talking about superheroes, the one thing they, they always say is, we try to keep them out, out of real-life world scenarios. Right, because, because that's, one, that's one thing you always, you know, in the back of your head in the comic books. Superman is a demigod. Why does he just take care of all the nuclear weapons? Right. It's, like, it's like, but it's it, it it's you're not supposed you're supposed to take yourself out of those situations, right? But by the time this movie came out, the Soviet Union was failing as it was. Gorbachev was already there. We really were out of the Cold War at this point. It just had, it wasn't official yet. Right. It was the, the writing was on the wall. Right. But this was the this was the political tree they decided to hang themselves from. Yeah. By taking all the nuclear weapons in a giant net. That Superman would poorly edited, uh, spin around and, and throw, throw into the, the sun. sun. <laughs> um, the flight sequences—they oh. reuse the same forward flying shot for every single scene. There's even one of him um, r- flying through a subway tunnel. Yeah. And yeah, the the it's too big to kind of fit in the subway yeah. tunnel. Like the cut is just too big. Yeah, uh. and. And you don't need it. Uh, I learned that you don't need a spacesuit to live in space. Oh God, no, no! At least for fifteen minutes or so. Yeah. Because uh, Nuclear Man took uh, what's your name, pretty much halfway to the moon. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Which then Superman to defeat the Nuclear Man pushes the moon in front of the sun. And to think it'd be nineteen years before we saw another Superman movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that completely erased the so, existence of so, this one. So. That one, by the way. So, so it'd be 19 years between this and Superman Returns, which, like you said, erased Superman 3 It's Superman Returns 3 and 4. Yeah, Superman Returns 3 and 4 didn't happen in that timeline. Which then, it'd be another 7 years before we get Man of Steel. (laughs) Right. I... How can you screw up Superman DC? Oh, well, they don't give him anybody to punch. And when they do give him somebody to punch, they kind of suck. That's true. Um, now, I had actually... I, I put my vote in, actually, for three. Because... And I don't want to get too much in because it's not part of the list. But right. I did three because they had studio money behind them. Like, real yeah. Warner Brothers money behind yeah. them. And they still managed to essentially 
Make it a half-wit Robert um, Richard Pryor comedy. Well, yeah, because most of the money went to R- Richard Pryor. That's true. And the blow. And the blow, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, oh, just... Can't forget about the blow. Just disgusting in terms of which was a worse Superman movie. I mean, yeah, Superman does a lot of shitty things, like take away nuclear weapons and, you know, <laughs> push the moon out of its alignment. No, not that going to affect it. But there was that one scene in Superman 3 where... Um, where Robert Vaughn's accomplice, the blonde, is on top of the um, uh, of the uh, the Statue of Liberty, and he rapes the shit out of her. <laughs> which always which always brings up the uh, the immortal question that they brought up in, uh, um, not Clerks, but the sequel. Uh, oh yeah, well, Ma- Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's shoot a load like a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know that Superman does like his wild turkey, though. Yep. All right. And his peanuts. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So bad. Why are these movies so bad? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and who knew that uh, that Superman could almost be killed by radioactive fingernails? Yeah. That, that do cut into him. And then don't do it. They aren't mentioned ever again. Yeah. All right, so let's get on to, uh, to some of the honorable mentions. These were a couple of movies that we were quickly going to talk about that just barely made the list. <laughs> Starting with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, we all saw this in an empty theater together. Yes, yeah. Holy hell. Uh, this was a bad movie. You know what the sin of this movie was besides the fact that it was awful and jam- it did not learn a thing from Spider-Man 3? This was the universe-building movie. This, yes. well, well, they decided to also have every single tone under the sun... Except for the one where it's a good comic book movie, right? It's like let's make it let's make it lighthearted here. Where which is, uh, too, which is too bad because I thought Andrew Garfield was awesome. I gotta say, Andrew Garfield deserved better movies. Yeah, and well, Amazing Spider-Man. The first Amazing Spider-Man was not bad. I mean, it was, I didn't it was okay. like Amazing Spider-Man, but it is the Godfather Part Two compared to Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Which yeah. is the Godfather Part the Three? Three, yeah. <laughs> so much universe building. Oh, okay, we're doing a Sinister Six movie now. Don't, don't pay attention. What's all this stuff behind? Yeah, me? exactly. Let's let's have you know, Max Dillon be all crazy and kooky, and let's have him fall into a, a, a pool with of eels. ravenous eels eating his flesh. All right, yeah, that, that kids will love that, right? All right, Ghost Rider, the movie that Nicholas De- uh, Cage thought would take, put him out of debt. Ugh. Um. <laughs> It's just one of those things that begs the question: Who the fuck cares about Ghost Rider? I, you know what? I, I, I didn't. I, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah, good, defending. This. It wasn't a good movie. No, honestly, I, you know what? I, I, I like Ghost Rider so much. He's actually the he's character actually, has a lot of potential. But he's one of my favorite Marvel characters. I, I mean, honestly, I'm amazed Ghost Rider: Spirit of Justice, uh, Vengeance didn't show up on this list instead, I still mainly because that that's the movie about the baby peeing fire. Well, yeah, but I think I think everyone saw Ghost Rider, and then nobody saw Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah, so that's why I didn't make the list. Yeah, because nobody saw it. All right, Judge Dredd. Stallone is Judge <sighs> Dredd. He is I the I am the law. Oh my god. You know what the sick thing is? You know what's such a good movie? Dread. Dread, Dread with Kyle Urban. Way better. Way, way better. And that's that's even... This is a bad movie and you don't even have to compare it to Dread. Everyone knows this is a terrible movie. Stallone wanted to do the entire movie without the helmet on. 
Yeah. The iconic Judge Dredd helmet. Yeah, no. All right, Green Hornet. Honestly, out of everything watch, on here, it's the only one I haven't seen. I haven't seen um, it. Nope. It's Seth Rogen, and he gets stoned. That's it. All right. And Daredevil. Again, it's... I don't think this is the crime against humanity. Everyone no, makes it out no. to be. I, I do not mind Daredevil. I don't mind Daredevil not, at all. It's not great by any means. No. It's not even really that good. There yeah. are some very redeemable things about this movie. Dare, like, like, Dare, the, like, like the, the, the scenes of Affleck having to deal with the aftermath of being a Daredevil. You know, like him just like... All, all the the medications he has to take, and, right. and having to sleep in a sleep deprivation tank, spitting out teeth, and, and you know, and just like, just like you could see the daily pain he has to go through just to beat Daredevil. Honestly, this I think this Daredevil would be perfectly at home on Dave's list of men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't the, terrible, but it really wasn't great. The only real reason to buy this DVD, I don't even know if they put it still out with the DVD, there is a... Director's cut. Excellent. Well, no. There is an excellent Daredevil documentary oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. the history of Daredevil. It is worth buying the DVD just for that. It's so good. Doesn't Isn't that one done by Kevin Smith? No. No, Kevin Smith does talk about because they bring in all the writers. Like they're talking yeah. about uh, when John Romita Jr. took over because it was essentially it was his audition reel before he we went to Spider Man. Yes. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's recap real quick the um, the fifteen before we get to the number one. Um, number fifteen, Howard the Duck. Number uh, fourteen, The Phantom. Number thirteen, The Spirit. Number twelve, Fan Forstick. Number uh, number eleven, Suicide Squad. Ten, Elektra. Number nine, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Number eight, Green Lantern. Seven, Hulk. Six, Catwoman. Five, X Men Three: The Last Stand. Number four, Spider Man Three. Number three, Spawn. Number two, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. And the number one worst movie, as voted on by you, the Geek Salad audience, Joe. The movie that nearly destroyed the comic book genre, Batman and Robin. Is anyone surprised? No. No. In fact, Steve said, and finally, to the surprise of exactly zero people, a bunch of surly drunken nerds put Batman and Robin at the top of this list. One million dollars. Two million. You don't have it. Three million. I'll borrow it from you. Four million. Five million. That's a utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million. Never leave the cave without it. Not just Shirley. Everybody. Everybody. Every. This was the runaway number one worst movie. And yet people. And yet people still kept their careers after this somehow. This movie. What I find funny about this movie. This movie's indefensible. Nobody comes to this movie's defense. There there is no defense for this. People have come to to Forever's defense. Forever. Because it had. Batman Forever had its moments. It. It. There was something there. Well, when there you is no defense. Oh, no, no, there is no defense. This is a right. bad movie. This is bad from the moment it starts. And, and and the thing and the thing that the thing that's bad about it, and that's really bad about it and just makes it that much worse is that I I have to I wonder you gotta wonder did Joel Schumacher go in with the intention of making a bad movie or did he actually think this was good? 
the the thing the the problem I see with this movie is that it takes the the cheesy factor from um, the sixties. It's, it's yeah. Batman sixty six with a high butt with a with a. But it's Batman sixty six. They keep the cheesy factor that was still cheesy back then. And it's even worse now, and they cram it back in there. Right, it's Batman '66 with blockbuster budget. Yeah, is what it is. In 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 the uh, in the nineties, ninety-seven. Yeah. You know, we thought because I grew up on the Frank Miller. You know, I, yeah. I kind of came of age with the Frank Miller Batman. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Batman. You know, well, the Dark Knight. Returns. The Dark Knight yeah. Returns. Yeah. You know, and then there was the Tim Burton Batman, which was Taylor fit for that exactly. mold exactly. Yeah. So you're kind of this, you have this, and then Batman the Animated Series, which kind of continued that same yeah. theme. Yeah. Then this pile of garbage comes out, and you're like, "I thought we outgrew this. I thought, you know, I thought with we Tim didn't, Bur- we didn't, nobody asked for it, right? I nobody asked for forever. No, certainly nobody asked for this. We thought with Batman '89, comic books and comic book movies grew up, right? Yeah. You know, then he gives us Batman '66 again. Yep. All the schlock. And when you like, think about it, too, which there not, weren't a lot of comic book movies that came out in between Batman 89 and Batman and Robin. No. You, know, you get stuff like, you know, you got Dick Tracy, which essentially is a direct response to Batman. Exactly, right. Um, you had The Rocketeer. And then you had a lot of, like, these, these silly little movies, like The Shadow, like The Phantom. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot because it was all Batman all the time. And Joel Schumacher, who can be a decent director, I'm not going to oh, Mississippi good Burning no. is unbelievable. No, he movie. did. Uh, no, he didn't do Mississippi oh, Burning. It? No, he did A Time to Kill. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. Really he good did movie a couple too. of really good John Grisham movies. He did The Lost Boys. Yes. But for Batman, first of all, he can't handle a big budget. But he doesn't have the artistic eye no. for a comic book movie, and it shows when you see the setup of scenes. There's that scene in Arkham. When um, Poison Ivy and Bane, um, I'm going to do the finger quotes here on the Bane. Hulk smash, uh, Bane smash! <laughs> when they essentially, they're in Arkham, and like the Bane's fist come you know, through, that shot is just simply straight on, with the only framing device being used are Two-Face and Joker's costumes hanging in the background, which is also the only strand of continuity in yeah. the entire movie. I mean... Th- I mean- but then, he, I mean, if I, what I remember is just seeing like the angled shots, like from oh, Beth. so many Dutch angles, Dutch angles was like so many Dutch angles. That's right, that right there. When you say Batman, this is Batman sixty six. When he started doing the angle shots, yeah. it's like it's Batman. It's it's Adam West Batman. Nothing, is, nothing, nothing made sense. That. Nothing made sense. Oh, first of all, I mean, you've got Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze driving a tank into the. Third or fourth story, or even higher, of a museum that has fake dinosaurs in it and diamonds in the same exhibit. I mean, the thing is, though, Batman the Animated Series, which is beloved and uh, critically acclaimed, it had been over for about two years at that point. And we got... Mask of the Phantasm. No, but we got Mr. Freeze in that... As a tragic, yes. beloved figure with so many depth and layers, well, and they just completely well, shut that thing. out. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about a lot of the Batman villains is their backstories are very tragic and yeah. very kind of empathetic. Like you said, let's piss that away. <laughs> right, let's piss that well, away. Exactly, because they show the tragic story, 
right before he's like leading all of his guys eating frozen food, literally frozen food, and leading them in a rendition of "I'm Mr. Uh, Cold Miser." Yeah, yeah. No. sing. Um, Schwarzenegger is dreadfully miscast. Everyone is dreadfully miscast. Everybody in this movie is dreadfully miscast. He's the guy who got a fucking tank for making this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. It's just the ice puns. I hate uh, puns to begin with. So, so many ice puns. And then the one time he doesn't do an ice pun, it's like, revenge is a dish served ice cold. Well, put on your Sunday best. That is a long way to go for a joke. That is. Um, so many things wrong with that. Alicia Silverstone as, as Batgirl. Two years after Clueless. Two years after Clueless. Yeah, they were just going with the zeitgeist. Like I, like, like I said, the fact that this movie did not destroy any careers is... So, so like, what what color hair does uh, Barbara Gordon have? Uh, blonde, of course. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. She's not Barbara Gordon, though. <laughs> no, she's Barbara Pennyworth. Yes. Because, Uncle Alfred. Because, because why the fuck would you know, not? Who, who likes the Batgirl character? Nobody likes that character. We Nobody can do whatever the fuck we want with her. I mean, between, you know, Chris O'Donnell, who is a 30-year-old Robin, is just a just whiny piece of shit the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he should have been Nightwing by then. I'm with the car. Chicks dig the car. Maybe a bus pass. <laughs> um. Oh, so there's that. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman, three years removed from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> George Clooney. All right, George Clooney is the one I feel the most worst about because he's at the top of his career at that point, and I genuinely felt like he could have been a good Batman. He could had have, somebody but... been like, you know, you, you got to do the voice, George. They can tell it's you. You sound like George Clooney. And, you know, it's kind of hard to strike terror into the fear of criminals everywhere when your uh, your bat suit is silver and shiny. Right. With nipples. Right. With nipples and a thong. <sighs> I could just, I'm, just, I'm just picturing a criminal going, mmm, that looks delightful. Oh, my God. The, but here's the other thing, too. The, the weapons, like the, all of their tools and their utility belt were, like, so specific to the situation. To the situation. You mean like bat, like bat shark repellent? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's a lot to be some silliness, but, like, Batman is in the fucking Batmobile, headed to the scene of the crime, when Commissioner Gordon tells him who he's going to be facing up against. It's like, oh, shit, i got to turn around and get all my ice things right now. <laughs> like, my ice melting. Jesus, Jesus Christ, at least the Batman Arkham games make you work for it. Unless you use a, uh, sur- like a... A makeshift surfboard to get away from the exploding missile, right? Remember, he was surfing. The, like, who was yes, it? no, no. They were both surfing, and they were surfing. I, I would, I would say, maybe a mile up in the air. Yeah, no danger uh, there, right? Yeah. Um. There's the Dayglow gangs. Uh, there is just so much. All right, can we just talk for a second about the Elliot Goldenthal score, which essentially is the same exact same music that was used in Forever. <laughs> Nobody got individual themes. Uh, I, I, well, I, hold on. I just, I'm just drawing a few connections here. Visible thongs, visible nipples, yeah. and lots of black lights around. Yep. This is a rave. It is a rave. Well, the movie's a rave. And if you oh. listen to the commentary, I bought the box, the bat box. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, mainly for the audio commentary, so just to see exactly how sorry um, Schumacher was. He's he not that sorry. He didn't care because he doesn't care about the character. Right. No, he thought he was. He thought he was doing something cute. 
He was like, I'm going to have fun with this character. And good for him that he had fun with it because it, it nearly killed did. the genre. Yeah, I honestly, It was eight it years would, before another Batman movie will come out. Well, you think about it. I mean, like, you, like I said, this movie almost killed the genre. And Blade aside, if it wasn't for Spider-Man... If it wasn't for Spider-Man and X-Men... Right. Yeah. You know? And I remember when... when when Batman Returns or Batman Begins was announced, I'm thinking because I'd never heard of Christopher Nolan. Yeah, all I knew him from was from Memento, right? Which was a nice little indie movie. But I'm thinking, well, can this guy handle a big budget movie like Batman? Right. You know, I'm thinking, great. We're gonna. I I was scared for Batman Begins. I did not think. I I wasn't I wasn't holding out that much hope. Uh, mainly because also Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. was tied to it at the time. Yep. So, I didn't really, because I hadn't seen, I'd seen Requiem for a Dream. But this was just, I mean, this is truly, like, Steve had brought up whether or not this or Batman Returns was going to be on his worst list. And I'm like, oh, it's Batman and Robin. It's always Batman and Robin. Are you seen Batman Forever? How could Batman Returns be on his list? Yeah, Steve hates Batman Returns. He's fucked. Uh, yeah, I am, honestly, I, out of the original four, Batman Returns is my favorite. It's it's the it's better than Batman eighty nine. I think so. I agree. Thank. Oh, oh come on. Uh oh. Disagree. I mean, I think I think Batman Returns is more of a Batman movie than Batman eighty nine. Uh, part of that, I, I feel, and this is a conversation for another day. I feel it's. I feel. I, I would joke primarily because it didn't feel like a studio byproduct. Exactly. No, for me, Batman eighty nine was a better Batman movie. Uh, Batman Returns was a better Tim Burton movie. See, I think Batman. It was a Tim Burton movie with Batman. Batman eighty nine is more of a Tim Burton movie than Batman. Uh, see, Returns. Batman eighty nine was Bat- was a Batman movie directed by Tim Burton. Batman Returns was a Tim Burton movie directed with Batman in it. Like you said, conversation. For yeah, another and day. It, yeah, it's a conversation for another day because that will be coming up. Hey, can we nice transition, Joe? <laughs> Our next episode yeah. is episode one hundred and fifty. Yeah, as I mentioned last time. Um, a hundred episodes ago, we did the best comic book movies ever. That was episode 50. And that was in 2011. So a lot has fucking changed. There have been a few movies since then. Quite a bit. Quite yeah. a bit. Just just a couple. Just here. You know, just here and there. Um, so we're counting them down the top 20 uh, best comic book based domestic, domestic uh, theatrical release movies ever. Yeah. So... If you want to uh, get your voice heard, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. You can post them on our twi- uh, our Facebook page, which is Geek Salad Podcast, and our Twitter feed at Geek Salad Radio, or hit us up on our individual Facebook feeds. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was an interesting list. I really want to take the time to thank everybody. Thank you. Yes, for, very much um, so. For giving us the votes. Really, thanks for coming through, especially at the end. Um, just to kind of really cinch up this list. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff here, so thank you so very much. Yeah, yeah I'd like to thank um, some of the people from the uh, 1991 podcast. Thank you. Well, thank a regular, you. regular appearance on them. You make a regular appearance on them. Yes, thank you. All right, yeah, it's, that's fine, that's fine. I've only been up since I speak seven. English good. He knows speaking good like you and me. He can say exactly three words. I and Anne and Groot. Exclusively in that order. (laughs) So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. Go forth and be nerdful. Talk to you later.
What killed the dinosaurs? Guys, I...